Welcome back to The Chosen Journey with Big Money Grip, Steve Carsey. I'm The Chosen Lawyer, and we are upon full swing MLB playoff season. Steve, how wicked is the baseball right now? It's uh, It's been pretty good. I mean, obviously, uh, very unpredictable, uh, I think, uh, from from that point of view but uh the baseball has been quality and it's uh it's been really fun to watch so we're going to talk today in today's episode we're going to talk about the baseball playoff format because there's a lot of debate going on as far as this new format and people liking it not liking it but before starting off we got to talk about those wild card games and i'm very proud to predict that i was 0 for 4 none of my predictions came true i saw it so clearly Steve, they all should have been gimmies. What the heck happened in the wild cards? Well, nothing's ever a gimme, right? In uh, whether it's football, baseball, uh, you can play the game on paper all you want, but the game's played on the field. And uh, there's a human element to the game that we've always talked about. Uh, you know, when guys get out there, uh, it, it's a different story. Um, you know, some teams are uh, in, a, in a better position uh, health-wise. You never know what's going on with injuries and how guys are banged up uh, going into a series like that. But uh, at the end of the day, it's quality baseball. It's unpredictable. You got some teams in, uh, you know, the LCS, uh, especially in the National League that that nobody expected. Uh, I think you got the two in the American League that uh, everybody expected. And now you just got to wait and see and, and we'll see how this goes. The American League teams got there as expected, but not how we expected it. And uh, the Astros have just been steamrolling through, and it'll be interesting to see where they're at. The Yankees are coming in a little banged up, no days off, going straight into it. At the time of taping, we're still off the high of yesterday's game because we're sitting down 4 o'clock Eastern or 4.30 Eastern. The game is going to begin, and we're waiting for the Guardians and Yankees. I will say that I was very confident the Guardians were going to take that game. And the Yanks came out and showed why they're the Yanks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, obviously, uh, Savali, first major league uh, postseason start, right? Uh, really tough position to be in. He's a command guy. Uh, early on in the game, you you saw, I don't know if it was nerves or, or what it was. He didn't have his normal command. His cutter wasn't very good. Uh, you know, the Yankees ground them down in that first inning. Torres got a walk, uh, you know, four pitch walk to start the game. Um, and then, you know, the big boys came up after that and you, you saw what happened. Um, you know, they got out to a three nothing lead. And when, when you get out to a three nothing lead early uh, and you're the Yankees, uh, it's really tough to come back uh, on a Guardians team that doesn't hit very many homers. Um, you know, but I did see a stat going during the game, it said 15 of the 18 runs the Yankees have scored this postseason has come via the home run. So uh, this series with the with the Astros is going to be very big. You know, they got quality pitching, obviously, the Astros do. Um, you know, if the Yankees can't manufacture runs and, and don't hit the home run ball, maybe a really hard go for them to uh, to beat the Astros. I remember being 12 years old down at the Sheridan Hotel getting autographs. I believe Roger Clemens signed a card for me. Hotel security picked me up and took me downstairs to the interrogation room, asked me why I was on the property at the time. The look on my face at that 12 years old kind of mirrored, I think, how the Guardian starter looked starting that game. 
Uh, I never got the feeling he got very comfortable out there. And, you know, for all the uh, talk of Stanton and health, no health, and, you know, is he overpaid, underpaid? He he just showed why he's Stanton. He showed one swing of the bat. Remember that one game where he obliterated the ball? The ball actually came apart at the seams. Yeah. That's the way it looked like on that swing. Like, it was a no-doubter. And uh, it's just an embarrassment of riches, you know. But uh, I, I, I kind of feel that uh, hearing what you're saying and uh, thinking about the Yanks lineup, you know, it's nice to have the home run ball, but uh, how much can you rely on it? You know, if it's all or nothing. And I think the Astros are going to put them to real test. I, I have a really hard time predicting that series. I, I really like the Astros just because of the pitching aspect of it. But man, the Yanks got to be feeling good going into this game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got the Astros in six. Um, I, I just think that uh, they're they're well rested. You know, they're lined up really well with their pitching. They got Verlander starting game one. Uh, not that Talian is is not a quality pitcher, but he's not your number one, right? He's not Garrett Cole uh, going into that game, and and you have one on you know your number one versus their number one, uh, and that's why the. Uh, the series, if you can finish it a little bit earlier, gives you a little bit more of an advantage. The Yankees had to go deeper, use more pitching, um, and they're in the spot where they're at. So they're just going to have to continue to uh, try to find ways to win, and they're going to have to try to hit uh, a few more home runs than what the Astros do. You know, we were talking before in the previous episode about uh, the Yankees fans, and they could be pretty merciless on uh, Twitter. And their two favorite uh, whipping boys, so to speak, are now gone. First being Chapman and then Aaron Hicks. So Yankees fans have gotten their wish, not the way they necessarily wanted it. You know, without getting too much into it, uh, you know, being a competitor, I'm sure Chapman is watching this, uh, wishing he could be there. But, uh, man, it's going to be very hard to explain to teams next year why he was not on that roster and where he's headed, I think. Well, I think everybody knows why he wasn't on the roster. He didn't show up for, uh, you know, the the workout. And they told him he probably wasn't going to be on the first-round roster. And I don't think he was happy with that, as any competitor wouldn't be. Uh, everybody wants to be on the roster. But sometimes uh, you're just in a position where you're either not playing well or uh, you're just not a good fit. So, um, you know, it's very unfortunate. Uh, he's, a, he's a great talent. He's got a great arm. Uh, he's done uh, a lot of really good things throughout his career. And, uh, you know, you, you hate to see a guy be sent home and, and not be part of uh, a team that he was there for for 162. But uh, ultimately, he made the decision not to show up. And then the team made the decision uh, what's best for them because uh, you don't want any distractions in the clubhouse as you're moving forward and going through the playoffs because it's so important. Now, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not in that clubhouse, but, you know, you've been there. And uh, I'm going to guess that this is more of a rallying point for the other players rather than deflating having this uh, occurrence. Uh, I'm not so sure I would call it a rallying point, but I think it's more of uh, a relief that they don't have to deal with it. They don't have to answer questions uh, to the media about why he's there or, or why he's not there. Uh, you know, the front office can deflect all of that. And I think it just gives them a, a sense of relief that they can just go out and play the game of baseball and not worry about uh, the secondhand things that, that might come up uh, in the media. You know, it makes me think very much when you mentioned the first time you walked into the Braves locker room after the rocker trade and, you know, the guys giving you high fives and that sense of relief. So I, I don't know if it's that far off. It seems like you have enough pressure as it is in baseball with the regular season being so long 
plus uh, preseason, spring training, and then you got the playoffs pressure going to it. You need as little distractions as possible. So it's nice, I think, not in the relief of it. With Aaron Hicks, what the heck happened there, man? Because uh, he's he's a strong outfielder, didn't have the best year this year. Unfortunately, his season ended prematurely. Uh, I think Yankees fans are happy that he's not there, not the way he's not there, though. But, uh, you know, they're pretty strong defensively usually out there. Just, what, was it too loud, you think, and they didn't hear each other? Or how did that play go down? Yeah, I, I just think that uh, it's it's one of those plays where it's loud in the stadium. Uh, you know, the shortstop's going out, and he has his eye on the ball. The outfielder's coming in at full speed, and uh, he just got hit in the wrong spot. It just looked like uh, Cabrera's knee uh, hit the side of his knee and, and injured it, and you know, he just wasn't able to go. Obviously, he looked like he wanted to stay in the game. But at that point, if, if you're injured, you're injured. There's there's nothing you can do. And it's such an unfortunate play. Uh, you know, he's getting an opportunity to be in the lineup and, and maybe help that team, uh, even not having the greatest year. Um, but, you know, he's under contract. The Yankees uh, feel like he's a, a component to that team and he, he can help. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it just it ended and, uh, you know, he'll be he'll be missed uh, for the remainder of the uh, playoffs. And I'm sure he'll be there rooting on his team and, and hoping they do well. It's one of those Yankees luxuries where we talked about before year to year, they keep almost two sets of rosters going. So if somebody goes down, they got the replacement ready to go just for those kind of scenarios. And uh, after we had two games yesterday, in fact, you know, we had finally this uh, deciding factor in the American league. And now we're going into the championship series and the Phillies man are off rocking in the uh, league championship series. And people already planning that parade. I would hesitate to start that. But, man, they are looking really solid there. Schwarber, man, when he gets a hold of it. And they got exactly what they needed. They got the, the formula. You had your Wheeler on. You had Harper. You had uh, you had Schwarber. And not getting their knocks. And just, you know, textbook beautiful game. I think Phillies fans have got to be thrilled with that game one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Wheeler... Uh pitched a tremendous game, seven innings, one hit uh, against a really tough lineup in San Diego. But Philadelphia, you know, what they did this past offseason is they spent a lot of money on their offense, and that's what they needed. And, you know, uh, obviously Wheeler was a few years ago, and, and, and he's a number one, and, and that's what you expect from your number one going out there. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, the Phillies have, have this formula right now that's just kind of working. Um, you know, their starters getting kind of deep into games and, and their starting pitchers giving them innings. <clears throat> you know, they got uh, Dominguez who came in and pitched a tremendous eighth inning. He had Tommy John last year and and they're working him back in, but uh, he looked fantastic. And then Alvarado, he's just a, he's a wild card in the ninth inning. You know, they made that error uh, and, and he did a tremendous job to get out of it, getting Machado um, and then getting the, getting the final hitter there. Uh, to, to make an out to, to seal game one uh, getting off to a good start for them. I think on the road is, is a big deal. It's a seven game series. There's still a long way to go. Both teams have really good pitching and then we'll see how the bullpen goes uh, as we get into the series. And if, if the Phillies can hold up and having Robertson back, I think has been huge as well. Like uh, the, him getting injured, you know, during the celebration and, you know, I, I was telling you when, when I heard about that, they got to start putting them in bubble wrap, you know, no more celebrating guys. Like, is it too many injuries? But he's back at least. And uh, he was a great addition, I think, at the deadline and having him available. And he didn't even have to pitch that game one. So I think the Phillies have to be really happy where they're at. 
And shocking stat that I, I had to do a double take on this, you know, going into game two. You know, there's been so many siblings playing Major League Baseball yeah. and playing at the same time, but we've never had siblings face one another as a pitcher and hitter. And the Nola brothers are going to be facing each other in game two. Uh, how must those parents feel right now? And how cool is that stat? That's really cool to be able to, uh, you know, probably face your brother on the other team in uh, in a league championship series. You know, you know, at least one of them's going to the World Series, right? Uh, so their family must be ecstatic uh, to watch them. But I'm sure it's nerve wracking. I mean, who do you root for, right? Do you root for you know you root for Aaron or you or you root for um, you know him on the other side catching Austin? Yeah. yeah. So. You know, it's just one of those things. I think the parents kind of stay neutral and, you know, they wish the best for both. Um, and, and we'll see what happens. But uh, I think they faced each other during the regular season as well. Correct. Um, so this is a little bit uh, a different story with uh, the playoffs being so much more intense and, and so much more uh, hyped. Uh, and, you know, I don't really know who has the advantage in that situation. You know, is it Aaron who knows how to pitch him or is it uh, Austin uh, in the box, knowing what Aaron throws and probably have faced him his whole life uh, growing up in whatever they played on the street. Well, it's all or nothing. I don't have the stats right away in front of me, but I can tell you that I believe it was a couple strikeouts and a couple knocks and uh, Austin getting the game winning run through on a one nothing win against Aaron. So those guys know each other inside out. I don't know, man. I think if I'm Aaron, I maybe pitch him a little inside, maybe knock him down a bit, send a message. I don't know, but that's always my answer for everything. But they got to have a lot of fun, but they have to put that aside because they got, you know, all the other players on their team, you know, that are dependent on them and they got to take aside the personality part. So I, I think it's probably really hard to disconnect from it. But uh, there's going to be a lot of nerves going to that first at bat and facing each other. So that's going to be a lot of fun for the fans, for the brothers. For the families, it's just another nice story and one that I'm sure they did not picture anywhere close to this point of year that they were going to face one another and, you know, the baseball playoff gods worked in their favors. I mean, think about it. Mets, Dodgers, Braves, all gone. Like, and who would have thought it was going to be the Phillies and Padres? So, you know, good for them. And uh, Mr. Josh Hader is uh, riding the ship at the right time and the Padres have to be thrilled about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is the the guy that uh, the Padres expected to get when he came over in the trade. I, I know we got off to a little bit of a rough start, but again, you just don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, the comfort level, getting adjusted, making the trade. Uh, I know he's been traded before, but never from a big league team to a big league team. Um, so, you know, there's always an adjustment factor. I think that, uh, you know, once he got settled, once he got comfortable, uh, you know, the real Josh Hader is, is shining and, and has been tremendous for them. Uh, down the stretch in September and then in, in early October. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the uh, closing situation in baseball. It's quite interesting. You know, when we sat at the beginning of the year, we looked at the top closers in baseball versus uh, who finished at the end of the list. You know, it always fluctuates year to year. That's the nature of the position. But uh, one, the main topic for today, for today's episode, was this whole playoff structure. And fans are absolutely losing their minds, you know, saying that, Okay, we got the best of three for the wild cards. Is that fair or not fair? And then even I had to do a double take at the beginning. I didn't, it didn't click in. I remembered it, but then I forgot it. That best of five for the division. And why was it not a best of seven? And if the Yankees had gotten bounced out and the Guardians went in, 
I think people would have been pointing to saying that they were unfairly treated. You know, they started off their series. This is their, you know, they got a buy and then they go into a best of five and it's too, too many variables can happen in a short series. Why were they not in the game of seven? So best of seven. So starting off, you know, from the wild card standings, part of, part of it, are you okay with the best of three? I'm very good with the best of three. I mean, I don't think, uh, I mean, the, let's, let's just say, you know, it is what it is, right? I mean, you're making the adjustments. You're trying to get an extra team into the playoffs. Uh, you're trying to give an advantage to a team who goes to 162 and finishes first in the division with the best record. They should get an advantage. And that is the buy um, in, in that instead of having to play a, you know, wait one day for the wild card team and then go into a five game series. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you caught between a rock and a hard place because there are people who say, and, and I'm on this side is, you know, if you have a one game playoff, um, you know, and one game determines it's great for the fans, but for the players who go through 162 games, one mistake can cost the season of 162, even if you're the better team. You listen, I, I, I was part of one in 2019. Um, we lost to the Nationals. We were winning three to one. You know, Josh Hader had, uh, you know, whether you call it a bad ninth inning or an unlucky ninth in, eighth inning where Soto got the hit and then a bad hop went over Grisham's glove in right field and they scored three runs and they took the lead 4-3 and we lost. I mean, now if we lose that game, Maybe we have a better team than them. Maybe we don't. I don't know. But you get the opportunity to come back the next day um, and and have a chance to to take two from them to to move on. So, um, you know, I'm not a fan of the one card wild card. It's very exciting for the fans, um, but I, I do think if you go through a season of 162 games, there should be an opportunity for both teams to play a three game series and see who the better team is uh, after that. I'm in full agreement with you on every respect. I'm going to add in the fact that I like it. It's three consecutive games, get it done quick, but you still give them a fighting chance. I like adding in the extra team for the playoffs, getting more fans in different cities excited. Um, the teams that get a buy don't have to wait too long. So from that end of it, from the wild card, I'm seeing it. I'm feeling it. Also, if we start doing three best of sevens. We're going to go into December. It feels like, so yeah. we got to end the madness at some point. But then, you know, if I'm the Yanks, I'm the Astros, I'm the Braves, I'm the Dodgers, and I'm going into, I got my bye, and now we're starting the championship series. I had to double take with this best of five business because I, I know both teams have the same advantage and disadvantage, but it feels like you you won your division. You were one of the top teams. I feel like you should get a fighting chance at a best of seven. Now, if I was going to tweak it personally, I like the idea of the of the division series going to a best of seven. Agree or disagree? I disagree. Um, and and the, I'll give you the reason why I Please. disagree is because, again, we just we just talked about why a team goes through 162 games like the Dodgers, wins 111 games and gets the advantage of uh, the buy and getting the rest of your players and set your pitching the way you want, where the team who has to play the three game wild card loses their first uh, you know, their, their stud or their starting pitcher, their number one probably going into that next series. And that's where the advantage comes in for the team who has, 
gone through the season to win 110 games or 111 games with the Dodgers won. So it's just like tonight, um, you know, the advantage probably goes to the Astros because the Yankees are now starting their number three or four starter where Verlander is their number one and they get that opportunity. One, both teams had to buy, but the Astros disposed of the Mariners in three games and got those extra days rest to line it up where the Yankees weren't capable of doing that or able to do that and had to go five. The rain messed things up as well. But at the end of the day, um, you know, the advantages and disadvantages are kind of just a roll of the dice, uh, except for that first series, because you know what it's going to entail when you go through 162 and the last day of the season comes. It feels like with the Astros and Yankees, I, I know what people are going to say already. I don't have to go on Twitter to predict it. Astros win. They had all the rest in the world. Yankees came in tired, blah, blah, blah. If the Yankees win, the Astros had too many days off. The Yankees came in uh, firing all cylinders. You're, you're damned if you're doing, you're damned if you don't, if you get days off or you don't get days off. So I think, you know, that's where it comes down to. Uh, I do agree in the sense what you're saying. Every team that, whether it's a short series or long series, they all have the same advantages and disadvantages at the end of the day. We know the parameters. You're either winning three games or you're winning four games, you know? But because almost all the favorite teams almost got bounced there, for some reason, it felt like for people that the underdogs had this advantage all of a sudden. But yet, if the Dodgers, the Braves, the Astros, the Yankees all would have swept them 3-0, we wouldn't be having the same conversation. I think just because it was a funny year this year that so many favorites got bounced, which we'll talk about next week. And I, I, that's, I think, where we got more of a sense. But uh, that being said, I don't know. I, I'm still somewhat of a traditionalist. And I still love those best of seven series. I guess just the way I'm programmed. The same way, I, I guess, I like that baseball keeps its traditions compared to hockey. So, for example, I always say, like, the way they had the shootout in hockey to end a game. It's like, to me, it's like ending a baseball game on a home run derby. And, Steve, if we ever come to the point that we're, like, in the 11th inning, they're like, okay, home run derby time, and this decides the win, I'm done with baseball, brother. I'm not watching anymore. This is now too silly for me. When you're starting off people on second base, you're starting with one out already, like, Guys, we don't need to muck around with it that much. Let's keep some of the traditions, I would say. Like, we already now, you know, no longer have pitchers hitting. Fine. I get it with injuries. We got to do this. A lot of it is based on TV time and the way, what's, what's important for advertisers. But there's a part of me that still longs for as much tradition as possible. Do you get that same feeling as we hear about these changes year to year? Yeah, I mean, they're trying to keep up, right, and and trying to make adjustments to the game and and trying to, make it more interesting and, and try different new things out. But I compare the shootout in hockey to putting a runner on second base in, in the 10th inning. And there are a lot of different reasons for the reasons that the major league baseball wants to do that and roster moves and pitching and injuries and, and things like that. And, and the length of games, uh, that's part of it. I mean, if you want to go back to real traditional baseball, you have two divisions, you have two leagues, the winner of each division plays each other for the league championship series, seven games and goes to the world series and vice versa. Uh, you know, you don't have three series. You don't have the wild card. If you're, if you want to be a traditionalist, but uh, you know how it is the money in the game, uh, the sponsorship, uh, the more games there are, the more money the owners make. And obviously the more money the owners make, there's more money that the players can make as well. So uh there's always going to be adjustments in, in the game, always to keep it new and fresh. Uh, but I agree with you. There's some traditional 
things that need to stay in the game of baseball on how it was developed and how how it was brought to fruition. When I think of the league, it's funny you say that because I still think of it as four four divisions within each league. And I still see it in my head when I, I, I count off to myself, Baltimore, Boston, Cleveland, Detroit, Milwaukee, New York, Toronto. Then you have California, Chicago, Kansas City, Minnesota, Oakland, Seattle, Texas. And I'm like, man, it has changed a lot. It still blows my mind with the proximity that Detroit is not in the same uh, division as the Jays, as the Yanks, as Boston. So I've always been a fan of realignment. And I'm telling you that we're going to see two new teams in expansion. It's going to happen. It's only a matter of time. And, you know, Houston got a big payoff to switch over to the AL. And I think that it paid off for them in many, many respects besides the initial payment that they got. But uh, I don't think we're done with realignment. I don't think we're done with uh, playoff tweaking. I think that baseball will continue to be a, a mad chemist when it comes to it. If it generates more interest in the game, it generates more money, the fans like it, the sponsors are liking it, it's going to happen, period. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, that's just kind of what you have to do. You have to uh, adapt and change and try to make the game better and expand it, uh, whether it's to you know Mexico, to Europe. And, and that's what the World Baseball Classic is all about, right? It's about expanding the game. It's about getting and drawing and drumming up interest uh, around the world and uh, – you know that's uh, that's what we want. I mean, it's a it's a it's a great game. It's a beautiful game, and everybody should should enjoy it. As we're summing up uh, this week's episode, taking a look now. So you said the Astros are going to be uh, taking the Yanks, right? I said Astros and six. That's what Astros I said. Astros and six, and Phillies and Padres. You're seeing going where? You know, as much as I think the Padres are a better team, there's something going on in Philly. Uh, that is just one of those strange things that's happening. You know, every every year there's a team that comes out of the blue and does it. I think the Phillies will have a tough go. I think they're going to lose a game here that they probably should win along the way. Uh, but I'm going to say Phillies in seven and in that series in that series and we go to the world series and it's phillies and astros i got the astros in either four or five and I... I think the astros are the best team in major league baseball right now all around pitching hitting now you don't they don't only hit homers they know how to manufacture runs they know how to put the ball in play they don't strike out very much um you know, I just think that uh, that team has has a little swagger about them that uh, is, is pretty good. I mean, uh, I know not a lot of people might want to hear that, but uh, when you just look at the nuts and bolts of it, uh, they're a well-rounded ball club. They got a great bullpen. Uh, their starting pitching is, you know, top-notch from top to bottom, um, and, and they're playing well, and they got a lot of confidence. And I can see... That going to the World Series as well, but uh, I think Schwarber is going to win the World Series MVP, and it's going to be the Phillies, where I'm seeing right now. But like you said, short series, you never know what's going to happen in baseball. Baseball is a really funny sport, and uh, I I've been 0-4 till now. So uh, let's see where it heads. But it's been the nice thing to see, for all, exciting baseball, uh, seeing a the amount of fan interest in it. Uh, I think that uh, 
Astros and Yanks, the uh, sponsors and the uh, TV execs must be thrilled. So after losing the Dodgers and losing the Braves, and it's going to be a great playoff series. And for baseball fans, get ready to enjoy some great, great ball. And it's a great time now to pause. We'll be back next week. And uh, we're going to be analyzing. We went talk about a lot what went right. Next week, we'll talk about what went wrong for some teams this year. Thank you as always, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jonathan.